Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome Good to Beyond evening. the Gate Show. This is Monday, November 18, 2013 edition of Beyond the Gate. I'm your host, David Baker, and we also have Sherelle Baker and Alma Myrtle. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, David. It's so nice to hear from you guys. We missed you. We missed you, too. <laughs> Tonight's show will feature Alma Murdo, also known as Alma the Seer. Alma is a New York City-based seer medium who started working as a professional psychic in her early 20s, although most of her readings are conducted online via Skype and through other chat connections. She provides in-depth readings in person and for people all over the world and says that she never thought her work would begin in an electronic way. She continues by stating that she forgot to remember that God always finds a way for us to help others. Famed photographer Robert Kim calls Alma a real psychic, expressing that he got chills when she was able to reveal that he had a pinched nerve in his back just by looking at him. Additionally, the psychic twins have made various comments as well, which unfortunately I do not have 
handy, but I've seen them myself. And as a writer with her bachelor's degree from Sunny Purchase and a member of the American Society of Psychiatric Research, Alma has graced us with essays and blogs based on her wisdom and research from various libraries, including the American Society of Psychiatric Research. Her essays are written in the first person, expressing what kept her from doing her psychic work, what she overcame in order to do her psychic work, and what she is humble to in her world because of the work that she does. This will be Alma's fourth time on Beyond the Gate and her first time doing a two-hour show with us. Tonight, Alma will present information uncovered from her research over the years. She will also demonstrate her wisdom and psychic abilities by answering questions from Beyond the Gate listeners. Alma will provide some answers to questions that were sent to her from the Alma fan page as well as through her email and messages. Welcome, Alma. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's so good to be back on the air and just to be on on the radio with you two. You're so lovely. How's it going over there? It's nice over here, Alma. It's uh, The weather is cooling down. Finally, we'll probably get some rain tomorrow sometime. I'm glad that you asked. I know the rain just washes all the impurities out of the air, and it just freshens up the place. We are oh. so, it was so glad to have you back, and oh, just glad. Thank you so much. I've been so busy, and I apologize to everybody listening who is always waiting for me to write a blog or to be on the air again. I just went through, I think it was about a two-year, almost, it was not a real hiatus, but it was sort of like a pause. I had to get a lot of things together. I had to shed a lot of negative energy from people, situations, and just really mindsets and, and the way I was looking at certain things in my life. And I just said, well, God, you know, I need to take a break from from being on the air and from writing some of these essays because, as you know, I write for my experiences, but I also write in order to help people um, to to guide others, and it's very important to me to write and remain in a genuine tone and, and say try this and do this because it works. I I don't I don't just say try this and do this because it works just because I read it somewhere and I'm going to like a a spiritual group and we all decide that we should say that to another group of people. I say it because I live. I live through the things that I I write about, and I endure, and I say the prayers, and I do the meditations, and so it's very important to me to write an essay and share it with my audience and know that I can back up everything I'm saying because I lived through it and because I've helped people with what it is I'm expressing in my essays. So it's been a long time, but it feels so good to be back on the air. I will be back on the air um, more often coming in this coming year, I would love to get another show in before the year's up, but I just want to get through this first one because I'm just so happy to share all the information that I've gathered and um, to speak with all the people who uh, who called in and are participating. Um, so I'm ready to start. We have actually our first person is Stella. Um, she is a beginner oracle medium. She lives in Belgium. Um, 
Stella, I know you're there. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit just so that we can start. Hi, David. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Alma. <laughs> Thank you Hi, for Stella. having me on the show. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically I am an oracle, a physical empath, dream walker, trans channeler, and medium. Um, I guess I should introduce myself. <laughs> Pardon? No, go right, go right ahead, Stella. We're listening. Okay, all right. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, about my experiences, uh, under the age of 10, the abilities of clairaudience, claircognance, and clairsentience were evident. And after I turned 10, physical empath and clairvoyance abilities surfaced. Um, in my teenage years, telepathy, seeing past events and mostly future events in dreams and visions um, surfaced and dream walking and trans channeling abilities. And so in my early 20s, the abilities of out-of-body experiences and remote viewing also naturally developed. So, yeah. That's awesome, Stella. Um, I really love that we're talking today. By the way, to the audience, mm -hmm. um, Stella's new, sort of new to the Facebook arena. arena. She's been on for about, I think, about two, about three years um, publicly with her fan page. But the reason why she's sharing our airtime today on the show is because Stella did something that I've been trying to tell people that they are capable of doing for many years now. She actually did it without any communication prior to, with me prior to doing it. Uh, she did something that I can only label astral travel in, it, because it's really basically in, in plain form what it was. Um, Stella added me on Facebook about, mm, about three weeks ago and uh, two days later, I, I remember seeing her face floating around on Facebook before, um, but I never, I never really got to look into her profile very well. Anyway, she added me on Facebook, and I gladly accepted. I knew her energy was very loving and very welcoming, very curious. And two mornings later, upon waking up, I saw an image of, I didn't realize that it was her because I was only really going by her Facebook default picture, which looked nothing like the person who appeared to me upon waking. And <laughs> yeah. I noticed this woman saying, saying something to me as I woke up. And when that happens to me, it's always, as far as I've been alive for 32 years, um, it's always a spirit, as a deceased a person, a deceased of a person. So... My curiosity just kept tapping me on the shoulder, and I said, you know, I think this person very much is connected to this new person who's added me named Stella. I'm going to ask her. It took me a couple of, of hours and I think even two days to ask her, to come out and ask her, because I just didn't know how to, how to confront her with it. So I, the whole conversation is actually posted on her fan page wall, and the reason we posted it is because we just want to show people that this is a legitimate thing that happened, and this is very valid, and even I can get a little confused from time to time um, when it comes to uh, 
astral travel and when people visit me when they're not, not dead. <laughs> so um, I asked her if she knew the woman that I described. And at first she didn't know who it was. And she's like, are you sure it's connected to me? And I said, 100%. It's definitely connected to you. <laughs> and you'll see if you go and read the, on the fan page. Her fan page URL is facebook.com. Uh, backslash Oracle Stella Njawa, that's O-R-A-C-L-E-S-T-E-L-L-A, N as in Nancy, J-O-L-W-A. You'll see the conversation. Basically, we uncovered what was going on. She had done a med- meditation uh, prior to those two days, prior to the days that she came to me, and she actually visited me. And it worked because I explained to her that the person who visited me wasn't sure if what she was doing was working and wasn't sure if she was really contacting me. And I think it's actually really funny because she had sort of a, Stella had sort of a zone out moment where I think that she just forgot that she had done it for a second. But then she remembered and she explained everything to me. Stella, why don't you go ahead and explain what your end of, of what your understanding of what I was trying to tell you? Um, explain that to the audience. Yeah, um, you inboxed me and you were asking if I know a woman that looks kind of like me and who was bold. And um, I remember I was like trying to figure out: Do I have any family members <laughs> that fit the description? <laughs> I even called my parents and um, my sister trying to figure out, like, who could this be? But, yeah, um, afterwards, because I I did ask you saying that, first, no, first of all, I said, are you sure it's connected to me? And you were so sure, you were like, yes, it's definitely connected to you. So I was like, okay, but I couldn't quite figure out why or, like, who it is. uh, It was interesting. But... interrupt you really quick her default yeah. picture was yeah. her face but she had a lot of hair in her default picture yeah it looked nothing yeah. like the, the woman who visited me so i said well there's something weird and i'm very <laughs> confused right now because i don't ever get visits like that from people who are alive people who are dead visit me in that fashion especially before i wake up what's going on so go ahead and continue yeah, yeah. My picture, profile picture, was totally different to how it is now. And at that time, my website wasn't published, so the pictures that I have on now, um, with the bold, like short hair, with the earrings. But then I, you know, you, you, there was no way for you knowing that's how I look like now because I used an old picture on Facebook. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So. I, I, what you do with this astral travel. Can you explain to the audience what you started to explain to me of how and why you know you're able to do this? Like what is it that, that – what's the appeal? What is it that you do? What's the purpose of it? Educate us all. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a dreamwalker. So with dreamwalking, I basically do healings within the dream world, and I, like, meet with – um, angelic beings, and I basically do some transitional work, and that is basically me um, helping people transition to the other side, but then I do it while I am in spirit, 
And with that, I do it, uh, I'm conscious when I'm doing it. So it's, it's, it's just something that just has gradually happened over the years. And since I'm also a constant out-of-body experiencer, I have out-of-body experiences whilst I'm awake and conscious. So it's, it's something that at the moment, um, before in my teenage years, I used to uh, astral travel intentionally, very easily. But after the age of 20, I struggled doing it, and it was, it was basically not easy for me. So I lost interest in it, and I stopped doing it intentionally. But um, you with the trans... Pardon? Can you tell us why it wasn't easy for you, why it became a struggle? I honestly do not know why. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly do not know why. Um, I just oh. didn't find it easier in my 20s. Um, the only thing that I can pinpoint probably is because of there was one experience I had where um, I basically unintentionally astro traveled to someone's house and I was taken by surprise and basically I astro traveled to an unknown house and what shocked me the most is that the person who lived there could sense my presence and he kept saying I can't see you but I can sense you and he was coming towards my direction every time I moved so I think from that that day on, I don't know, I probably was just like, no, you know, consciously, in my subconscious, I just didn't want to have to travel anymore. So I think okay. that probably is the reason why, but I can't really say that, if it that is. That sounds very fitting. That sounds very fitting to when I was encountered, when you came to me, because you yeah. were saying to me, in, because spirits speak in energetic patterns, uh, yeah. Is this really working? Am I really visiting Alma? Is Alma really seeing me? Is she really talking yeah. to me? Is she really seeing me? And I noticed you. You were standing in front of a road outside. You were not indoors. Yeah. You had a bald head with big, crazy earrings, like I described in the conversation. <laughs> I hope everybody goes and reads. Um, and yeah. you were very uncertain. And I just think it's amazing and really awesome that you have this ability and that you're using it to help people and that you're even talking about it right now because there are definitely people out there who may not do what you do for work, but they've always yeah. wondered about it, wondered if it ever worked when they tried it on their own and never told yeah. any of their friends and family. And yes, it works. This is proof that Stella is able to do it because I don't know Stella. Um, my conversations with her have only started in the recent weeks as I've just only, I've only recently added her in the past few weeks. And uh, it works. It's the power of, spirit, of the spirit. It's, it's communication. It's astral travel. We're not bound to our bodies even when we're alive in our bodies. We travel in our dreams. We travel when we're wide awake. When we daydream, we travel. And some of us are just able to do it on a more um, intentional level, the way Stella is. And we just think it's really awesome that you are able to even come on today to talk about this with all of us. Uh, I mentioned a little bit about about that. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to go into, you know, what meditative states while in school and all types of 
periods. And we used to have astral, naturally astral travel in my sleep naturally. And then later, probably over 40-some-odd years ago, I studied it because I wasn't doing it so much. So I learned how to do it, and I initiated a purposeful out-of-body experience, astral travel, or as they call it, astral projection, whatever, and I, I was able to do that. But then I myself was awake one time on the job, and I had an uninitiated, spontaneous astral travel. In other words, involuntarily, which caught me off guard, and I went to see a friend, and then I came back. And then the next day, we were going to do Expo. This friend met with us, and said, hey, Valerie, I want to tell you something. She said, no, David, I want to tell you something first. I said, okay, because I was going to tell her. She said, you came into my room last night, and I tried to wake up my husband to the point that I saw you standing in the corner, but I couldn't wake him up, and then you left. <laughs> and I said, well, that's just what I was going to tell you. So, you know, here's another witness, me, telling everybody that this is real. Absolutely. So, thank you. And it's funny, you actually reminded me um, something that kept, it, it, essentially it kept happening to me at one point when I first moved to New York City around seven years ago. I lived in, I lived in the Upper West Side in a small little apartment, and I was just fresh out here in New York City, and I don't know, for some reason, I, I guess I just felt the desire to constantly leave my room and uh, leave my body and walk around the apartment. That happened to me a lot. And I remember when it, whenever it would happen, I'd be like, oh, not this again. So for me, I pretty much didn't like that it kept happening, but it didn't surprise me that my spirit would just raise up and just walk around because I'm naturally a very restless type of person. And if if I'm a, if I'm if anybody wakes me up and thinks they're gonna get me to fall back asleep immediately, good luck with that. I mean, if I'm really sleepy, I'll do it. But I generally like to be awake and active and doing things, <laughs> as most people know who are on my Facebook and most of my friends and family, as they are not um, able to reach me half the time. <laughs> but it's really an amazing thing, astral travel and the leaving of the body. And it also just goes to show, as many psychics who are uh, deep into this work and legitimate and know their stuff, it just goes to show that, like, we're not our bodies. Like, we're this is a vehicle. This is just a body. It goes away. It's our spirit. It's what's on the inside that is so real and that drives um, us to achieve and accomplish things and to do things, no matter what those things are. It's the, the desire, the spirit's desire to leave the body and to do things is, it's, it gets done, and astral travel is one of those things that marks that um, as as legitimate. It's something that we're all able to do, and it's not it's not just it's not just in this new age category. There's really nothing new about this. <laughs> this is something that we've all been able to do since the beginning of the beginning, and whenever I don't even know how to put it into words, but. We're all able to do this. There really is not one person who is not capable of doing this. There are people who don't think that they're capable of doing it because they've either never tried it or they're ignorant of what it is that astral travel is. But we're all able to do this, and this is right in line with telepathy. It's right in line with um, when, we leave, when we leave Earth, when we are done with 
this, this chapter of our existence and we move on to the afterlife. It's all there, and we're all able to do it. Some people even say, oh, you know, I had a dream about this friend one time, and this friend shared that same dream with me, and it's like we were in the same dream, and sometimes we feel like we have the same dream at the same time. Hey, guess what? you probably most likely are because you don't stay inside of your body completely when you sleep. Most people don't most of the time when they go to sleep. That's just the way that we're made. Um, And whether anyone wants to believe that or not, that's fine. But at the end of the day, there is a truth that we all know. When we dream, we dream and we go places that we really don't get to. We don't go in real life because our imaginations are so profound and so magical and limitless when we dream. So, Yeah, and there's a lot of good books out there. If people want to know more, just go, for example, to Amazon.com, click on books and put in the word astral travel or dreams or meditation, any of that. Now, when I first started out, there was hardly anything at all. Now, you, everything is there and it, it will instruct people how to do this if you... If you don't understand it, it explains it, it tells you how to do it. Pretty much anybody can do it, just like Elma said. Absolutely. It's amazing. And what yeah. Elma said about, you know, yeah. your dreams and going places and doing this and that, you don't, you know, you're not, it's not your mind that's doing it. Your spirit is an energetic being, part of you. Energy does not need food, does not need air, does not need rest, any of that. Only your body does. So when it's time to shut your body down for the night, your spirit is active, stays connected to you by a silver cord, goes places and does stuff. The mind must keep working to keep the healthy, the body healthy. And then when it comes back, you may remember losing a past life, somebody else, or even just fragments. But I just wanted to say this to back up what Elma's saying. Absolutely. And what's really cool is, if you have a pet and you start practicing astral travel and you start practicing these types of things, your pet is definitely going to notice a difference because pets, dogs and cats or whatever animal that you have, they're not going to hide what they see and what they experience. I, I definitely, I know for one because I had a cat a few years ago and when I was doing a lot of work um, with a particular woman, there was a murder story, a murder case, which was very, very sad and very, very heavy. My cat, Debbie, knew all that was going on with me, and she was definitely aware of the changes in the energy in the room and what was going on with me at night. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, and she'd be right there taking care of me. I don't know why I attract cats that like to lick me, but she would be there, and she'd lick my temple, and she'd make me calm me down. I mean, she knew what was going on. Pet, like animals, they are definitely just going to be your indicator that something is changing. Some, you're doing something right. Something is going on. They have no reason to lie. They do not have ego the way that we have. It's, it's, it's all going to be there for you. They're so. psychic. Oh, the animals yeah. are more psychic. Yeah. And did you have a kitty cat that passed away some time ago? My cat? Yeah. No, she didn't die. She, I had to give her to uh, one of my old roommates because at the time I just couldn't take care of her. But um, I well, think I about so much. You. Yeah, I see cats around you. I was visioning that before you um, started talking about that. And um, I see some mouse around Stella. I see spirits around Stella. 
So I'm wondering if she has any active stuff going on in her home or where she is or something like that, if you don't mind well, me asking. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. There's lots of activity happening around my <laughs> my apartment lately. So, yeah, you picked up on that. Well, I think what you picked up, David, is first of all, I have a new cat. I just got her about a week ago. But you probably also picked up on what every other um, – <laughs> person who is aware of anything spiritual on such a profound level the way that you are, a lot of people who told me, have told me that they see a gigantic cat around me, a black and white cat. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because I'm saying this on air and whoever's listening um, can now say, yes, she said this on air. I have apparently a black and white cat that I think it's been with me since childhood, and it circles my entire body from time to time. I'm not sure when. I think it happens more than I realize, but it circles my entire body at night, and it purrs really, really loud and deep. It purrs so loud and deep that I can feel my bed vibrating. Well, maybe that's what I was picking up on besides other energies. You know, I was just seeing cats around you just yeah you know and i i I, your energy is is directed to that as theirs is directed to you and that's that's i think that's well a very that has to be it because i didn't want to i was going to mention that a few minutes ago but i said well maybe it's going to be a little off topic but i and i just want everyone to know i'm not one of those people who and and god bless these people because they love cats and they show it but i'm not the type of person like i don't have cats like cat wallpaper, I don't have cat like blankets, I don't have a cat on my keychain, I don't even like have a picture of my cat, my new, like I just, I'm not, I'm I'm more into flowers, like I have flowers everywhere and on anything that I can find like to put a flower on, um, I'm not into cats like that, but there is a big black and white cat, I think it's a male, and it circles my entire body, and it actually stepped into the picture when I was doing that murder case. It was taking up so much of my energy, and it circled my whole body after the spirit came through and spoke to me. And I couldn't understand what the heck this cat was. It was kind of scary because I'm like, the purr is not like a normal domestic cat purr. It's not a lion. <laughs> it's not a leopard. It's a domestic cat. It's purring as if it's like... There's like an earthquake. It's it was really big, but um yeah. So <laughs> there you go. What you <laughs> say, Alma? <laughs> but yeah, there's a cat that circles my body, and um it's it's there. So that's that's what you're seeing. <laughs> is that is that your totem animal? Um yeah, apparently. But I think it's I I don't think it's just the to- I really don't put it in the category as a totem, I think it's okay. a, a, a spirit guide because this cat, I don't feel like this cat is really new to me in my life. I have, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to keep remembering from childhood, I do believe this cat would come around when I was a little girl, but I was so used to his energy that it wasn't like, hey, the next day at school, hey, there's a cat that I love so much and I wouldn't have a name for him. I, I just was always aware of all my spirit guides and the spirits around me when I was a kid that it was never really like something that I would 
I was talking about with people because I just figured, well, they're here with me. I don't need, really need to tell anybody about them because they're my friends, and it, it was more of a personal thing for me. But I think the cat is more of a guide because I feel it very, 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 like, I guess totem is the word. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't study um, animal totems. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I really, I'm going to, I hope to, but I guess some people would call it a totem, but I feel like it's more of a guide because I almost feel like there's a human aspect to the cat because it's not just like a cat. This is like the kind of cat that I feel would even negotiate with a spirit if the spirit was trying to bother <laughs> me or harm me or something. Wow. So, that's what you're picking up on. Yes, there's a huge black and white cat who protects me and circles my body. He walks around my entire head. He steps on my pillow. My head moves as my pillow moves with him stepping on it. And he doesn't go away until I calm myself down, snap out of being afraid, and then I'm able to wake up. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, wow. That's there it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I guess I mean, I'm not going to name him or anything. I feel like that would almost be like a... Um, belittling him to name him because he's so powerful to me that I just feel like it's not that, but there we go. Well, would I be going a little bit off sub- subject before, you know, we finish with Stella? If I, you know, me, it's kind of like my hobby too. <laughs> I just like, I'm curious to know what's going on in her environment, her apartment. In Stella's yeah, environment? Yes, lately I've been having my my kettle has been switching on by itself, and it was really strange when it first happened. I thought, okay, maybe there's an electrical, you know, fault or something, but um, no, it just switches on by itself. Or sometimes it doesn't switch on, so I change sockets, and I'm like, okay, maybe if I change the sockets, um, it will work, and then it doesn't, and. So there was one time when I wanted to drink tea, and um, the kettle couldn't come on. So I thought, okay, this is strange. And it's funny because I felt a presence um, in the kitchen at that time, but I ignored it, (laughs) as I normally do. And um, so I used the microwave to make my tea, and as soon as I finished making my tea and I was leaving the kitchen, um, I heard the kettle come on. And I was like, okay. So I stopped. I turned around, went back, and I saw that the kettle is on, but the light is not on. Like, it's not on, on, like on the on switch. And so I was just like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> but then I'm, I'm having such activities. I'm having such activities like that. Are you Sorry, there? Are you- Yes. Oh, I said want to know who that is. Um, I tried to make contact, but um, the thing with the way my medium um, ship works, I'm a trans medium. So it seems like spirit likes to overshadow me. So um, I did make contact, and it was a female energy, and she yeah. spoke French, like fluent French. And the thing is, um, I do direct voice. So she spoke through my mouth, basically, through me, but in French. So I was listening to 
what she was saying, but I couldn't quite understand. I was trying to tell her to slow down because my French isn't that good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, it was a female energy, well, and her name oh. is Margaret, but I found out later on that it was connected with somebody else who was on my Facebook um, account. But even after that, the kettle stopped for a while and then started up again, and now I have the microwave playing up, and I have my phones playing up and the TV playing up. So there's a lot more activity that is happening around my apartment now more than ever. So that's, that's yeah. interesting that David picked that up. Yeah, totally. Well, that's I'm really glad that you're able to do – I was going to tell – the audience of who it was. That's why I wanted to ask you first, because I never want anyone to think that I just blurt out and say things um, when people aren't ready. But, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Um, also, there's yeah. an aunt who visits you. She's an older lady. She passed away. Mm-hmm. She's an, like, auntie. I will call it like an aunt. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the, it's not that there's a big difference, but... Sometimes when you call someone an aunt or an auntie, it's a little different. An auntie sometimes is not really related to you. You just call her auntie okay. as opposed to your aunt. Okay, you know what the difference is, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's one that, that, that there's one of your aunties who visits you as well, and I feel like she's actually messed with uh, hot water in your faucet, like the hot water, the steam I mean, like, she'll turn the water on and mess with the steam of the hot water. So if you can try ah. to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, funny that you okay. said, okay, all right. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> because she's, she's I was thinking. But she's always there, and she's always messing around a little bit, but it's really good that she does that uh-huh. because it's only helping you to sharpen your gifts and to – validate for you when you're in your house by yourself so I'm so glad that we were able to talk about all of this and I hope that everybody listening to this this portion of the show with Stella you're able to you know feel a little less alone with your adventures with astral traveling and and discovering new parts and of new ways of of communicating with other people um in your dreams and awake and through meditation and so on and so forth. Thank you so much for coming on, Stella. We appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. And your thank you for having me on. Yeah, Stella, thank you so much. And please keep listening. We have so much more to go. Um, next, we have a lady named Tamara from Kentucky. She has two daughters. Um, one is Daisy and one is Darby. Daisy is nine and Darby is this week. Her daughters are clairvoyant. They, you know, well, they're, seeing, they're seeing spirits, and Daisy, the older one, is the one that she was concerned with first. Last year, she messaged me about Daisy and what she was seeing, and now she's coming back with a few questions. Um, just She wants to receive some guidance on how to communicate with her daughters especially the oldest one, about what she's seeing, and I'm going to offer some help with that. Do we have Tamara on the line? Were we able to... Yes, Tamara, hello. Welcome <laughs> to Beyond the Gate, and welcome. 
Thank you. Hi, Tamara. It's so nice to hear from you. You're so kind. Thank you so much for participating in this. You're helping so many people. You're about to help so many people. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for asking me too. Okay, so um, just explain a little bit, you know, why you're here, why you're talking to us about your daughters, um, what what you suspect they're seeing, and pretty much a little bit just of what you've been concerned about and why you wish to, to discuss this with me today. Well, um, for most of my older daughter, Daisy's life, she's been extremely attached to me, to being with someone. She doesn't like to go upstairs alone. She doesn't like to walk to the kitchen by herself. Um, and, she's, and she's been like this for several years. And uh, I, I guess um, probably about two years ago, she finally said, well, it's because I'm, I'm seeing white lights and I see um, black shadow figures and I hear voices talking to me. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't right. have this kind of uh, expertise, so right. I need right. help. <laughs> well, good, the good news is you're not the only one experiencing this with their daughter or their, their child or whatever situation it is. With, in me and, with me in my case, um, since I was raised by my birth mother and my aunt, they both had to deal with this with me to some degree. Um, the I was actually speaking to a relative about this last night with what I used to go to go through when I lived in her house, and it was the same thing that you have just you just said about Daisy not wanting to go to certain places in the house by herself. And I mentioned I said tomorrow night I'm going to be doing a show with a woman who's having an issue with one of her daughters. She has the same thing. She she was having trouble going to certain rooms in the house, and she said, well, I remember when you were six years old, you did not want to go to the bathroom by yourself, didn't matter what time of day. And you kept saying it was because you felt like this lady was watching you and you were being followed. And I almost, like, screamed because I said, oh, my God, I thought, I thought everyone forgot about me asking constantly to have someone come with me to go to the bathroom. She's really seeing these things. Um, she's really seeing those spirits. The white light, whenever I do a reading, um, especially when a lot of spirits come through for the person who's getting the reading, white lights pop up, and those white lights are spirits. Most of the time, it's just it's nothing but spirits. If any other color lights come in, a lot of the times that will be angels because I'll pray for them and I'll call for them to come in, and they come in either way, but... The white lights that she's seeing, she's seeing them, and they are spirits. And um, the dark images, the dark, the darker images and apparitions that pop up, those are obviously also spirit. Those are spirits as well. What you can do is <clears throat> just keep talk, getting, keep, keep her talking out, talking about it, because no matter what anybody says she's going to keep falling into a place of not wanting to talk about it because Mm -hmm. let's just face it, 
If she were to walk into school every single day telling all of her friends and faculty members what she was seeing, they would definitely call you and say what's going on in that house. They would have a serious problem with they would start to think that there's something wrong with your child and all this stuff. There's absolutely nothing wrong with her. A lot of kids experience this. Um, what you can do is you can start by talking to her about Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. Archangel Michael can give Daisy the courage to not be afraid as an energy beckons strength and protection from lower energies. I call upon Archangel Michael every single day. And there's not one day that goes by that I not only don't feel protected by him, but I feel like I know he's always there because I'm familiar with his energy because I've been praying to him and talking to him since my aunt introduced him to me when I was in middle school, when I could not sleep and I couldn't do anything because I always felt spirits around me and I just couldn't handle my own energy and what I was pulling in. Um, it took a minute. I didn't want to accept it. I said, Ruby, this angel, she's telling me to pray to. I'm not open to this. This is strange. She just is talking to me about this. Then finally I said, you know what, I don't have any other choice. I love my aunt so much. I feel close to her, and I trust that she would give me the kind of information that will help me. And sure enough, not long after I began praying to Archangel Michael, I saw a difference, and I was less afraid. And I, I realized that I had to make a choice. I had to keep protecting myself and, and at the same time start accepting myself for the way that I was made. And... Um, just keep going and, and trying to get through it like the best way I knew how was protecting myself. Um, yeah, it, I knew that I had no option. And one big mistake a lot of parents might make with this situation is that they'll pretty much kind of diagnose their kid to their kid that it's a like that they have a problem. It's not a problem. It's actually a gift. The problem is that there's not enough there are not enough resources and people and places out there who are willing to openly talk about it as if it's not a problem. May I mention something, too? Yes, just to, Just to be helpful, uh, I was born a medium, and I've always seen spirits growing up and still do now, and I didn't have anybody, even though it stuff runs in my family on both sides, and now my wife's on me and wife, too. But anyway, I didn't know any better. I thought it was natural. I couldn't talk about it in school because after so many stories, I said I was crazy, so I shut up. But it wasn't until I was about maybe seven years old and uh, I'd see these shadows because I did live in another home later, which is haunted, some nasty old guy in there, and some other shadows and spirits. I mean, when you're a medium and they know you could, they know you could see them, I know they're there, that attracts them like a light bulb, like moths to light because, they, oh, somebody could finally see me, and, they, you know, they just might want to hang out. They might want to bug you because they need help. Who knows what the reason is? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about angels. I didn't have somebody to tell me about that. But when I was seven, I started seeing them, and I got a couple of angels, Athena and Serena, my guardian angels, before I discovered Archangel Michael, which I did later being a Catholic, but... Um, I would ask them to protect me, and they said, don't worry, we're here. I never had any problems. But there is a, a book out. If you go to Amazon.com, uh, go into books and type in Indigo Children, 
there's a great book on there by Dr. Doreen Virtue, who is a psychologist, professional, mm-hmm. and now she's an um, angel medium. She's really good. I studied under her. And Fantastic. that book will help guide you through. As far as the angels go. Say that again. No, I was just saying, David is so right about Doreen Virtue. She's, she is like the author to go to if you want to know about the angels, if you want to know about how to talk to the angels, how to communicate with others about communicating with angels. Doreen Virtue's books and cards, uh, even the booklets in the box of cards that you get, I carry those around with me because they're so small and portable, but that I learned so much about each angel just by those little books because I can't always carry around a big book with me because I'm always walking around with a ton of things. Definitely Doreen Virtue. And I'll give you two more books after um, we are finished talking. Yes. The good thing about that book is she has a child that's seen things. Doreen explains uh, a parent that doesn't know what to do. Read that book. It will give you a lot of help and guidance for both you and your child. And so that's why I mentioned it because you know, a lot of people just want to reach out but they don't know where to. So I hope Alma and myself have given you some helpful information. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I do. There's, a, there's, there's a little more actually I want to give you, Tamara, because um, I think that it's important to have a few different tools to help her with. Um, one, another one is introduce her to meditation through the form of like coloring and painting and singing. Those things people don't often look at as meditation, but if you ever ask someone who is a singer and who loves music or someone who is really into painting or, or any sort of like craft, arts and crafts, to them when they're doing it, they're like, it's a meditation for them. They just fall right in and they're so centered while they're doing what they're doing and whatever it is that they're doing that is a meditation so meditation is not just sitting quietly and listening to your breath not everybody can do that for 20 minutes or more a day I can do it for two or three hours if I really want to just sit down and cut out everything in my schedule to do that I can do that but not everybody can do it what you can do with Daisy is you can start her by meditating um, through, like I said, painting or coloring or singing. But if you want to try and sit her to get her to sit and be calm, get her to sit for about five minutes per day and visualize. Because kids are so good with visualization. They're like, they have like no limits on like, if you tell them to imagine a Daisy the size of, of a pickup truck, they're going to they're going to see it right away. And it's so funny that your daughter's name is Daisy because that's my favorite flower in the entire world, and I have nothing but daisies on one of my walls in my bedroom. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, but I, that's another one of them. And you can tell her I said that I love her name, and, and her name is absolutely gorgeous. That's okay with me. <laughs> um, it's very fitting for her. Um, also, what? It's Daisy. It's a perfect name for her. It's, I love that name so much. And it really is the perfect name for her because she's just so, she's just such a sweet little girl. I really, ever since you um, introduced me, well, you told me about her, I picked up on her energy right away. And um, uh, I just, I just love, 
I love daisies, and I love that your daughter's name is Daisy, and I love that we're doing this show about Daisy. It's so great. Um, also, one other thing, they show her different ways to pray. Sometimes we get caught up in the typical prayers that we're taught, especially ones from childhood. Um, one that I was taught, for example, was the angel of God prayer, the one that goes, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. That is a lovely prayer, but I remember being like 14 years old and saying, wait, why am I saying this prayer? I don't even know what this prayer means. And I wrote it down, and line for line and word for word, I dissected it, and I said, okay, now I'm going to say this prayer. I like this prayer, and I don't know who the angel of God is, but I like Archangel Michael, so for now he's the angel of God. So whenever I think of angel of God, I always think of Archangel Michael. So anybody listening who knows about angels if you want, in this prayer, if you want to just send me a message about it, please go right ahead. Um, and as soon as I defined that prayer for myself, I was like, wow, I'm not no longer being fed like a, a spoon of medicine that's going to make my night better. I'm now like biting into a juicy apple that I, I, I'm fully aware of. I know how it got here. I understand it, and this is what's going on. So define prayers. If you have prayers that you say with her, define them. If you want to make new prayers up that are specific to her going to sleep at night and being protected and walking through the house, do it. Do it. It's going to be fun. Even, like, get her to make write songs, like write her prayers and turn them into songs. I did that. Like, any way to make it fun to protect herself and to, like, know that even if, she doesn't want to say these things, say these prayers and find ways to protect herself. It's, it's key to her, her emotional stability with what she's growing up with. So she may not want to do them sometimes, but she's going to quickly learn that, hey, whenever I do this, this works and this helps, and I'm feeling better and better every day because I feel confident. The key here is for her to become confident in who she is and to become confident in knowing that, she has the power. They cannot hurt her. They cannot control her. They are who they are because that is the way that they chose to be and they chose to leave their bodies and, and remain as. Her only, her only way of, her only thing with them is to, okay, acknowledge them, know that they're there, but also understand that she has control over her energy field and she does not have to entertain anything negative that they can give her. And all she has to do, at the very least, is if, if she truly feels that she has to acknowledge them, is acknowledge them and then be done with it. And as soon as you do that with a lot of these spirits, especially the ones that keep wanting to get your attention, like I had one whispering in my ear at night, and it's like, acknowledge, I'll acknowledge this this person and I'll let it go. And as soon as I did that, it was just like, okay, they just wanted to be heard. And that was it. Um, and lastly, just practice imagining white light surrounding her and her bed. Practice that every night for one week along with a simple yet defined prayer and Archangel Michael's help and you really will see the difference. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Just do it. <laughs> I know it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot to do, but, you know, I grew up in a time where, you know, I was afraid of the dark. I didn't find out until later that um, these 
that my mom had the gift, that once my father's mother passed away, my mom would see the rocking chair that she used to see, and she used to rock all the time, just little things like that. And now it's not what I found out later as I grew up was that you have to really um, give them some type of control. You know, if you give them that type of control, if you say, oh, okay, well, this is what's going on. How do I make myself feel better and sleep better? And that's one of the things. It's that I, I too, had the problem of, you know, I'm scared of the dark. It couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, my brothers used to scare me and say, the boogeyman's going to get you, all that. So you want to kind of give her some type of, comfort and your the comfort that you're giving her is saying yes you know call him archangel michael or just say you know like if that's too much for her tell her just to call on the angels to protect you and that and 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 don't even you can get detailed with it because one thing with a lot of these kids who see spirits and who are this sensitive is that's the thing that gets confused. A lot of people think, oh, these kids, they see spirits are so sensitive. They're just going to be, you know, up in the air and their heads are in the clouds. No, we see them because our minds are open to them. But we also, if we're going to get a solution, we want reason. We want a reason behind it. We want to know. We want it defined. Like some people can just kind of take that that spoonful of medicine that says, okay, call on the angels. And they, okay, I called on my angels today and everything was fantastic. It's like, well, that's great. But for the next person, they're going to want to know which angel. They're going to want want to know what color they are that pop up. Like I'll get, like see purple or blue or, or green. They want to know details. For Daisy, I really feel very, it's very important. Doreen's books are um, amazing, but I really feel it's very important for Daisy because Daisy is not the type of kid to just kind of take whatever. I don't get that from her. I definitely get that she is growing into the type of girl who's going to need to know why and what, and I want to know why this is going to work for me. No, that's not going to work for me. She's going to need some details and some answers, and I'm pretty sure she's already. you're already aware of that right now, right? Yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely... <laughs> not going to be the kind of kid who's going to be like, well, I used to see spirits and I still see them now, but now I just call on the angels. It's going to be more like, yeah, I know what I'm doing with this. I know how to, that's, that's really where she's going to want to aim, what going to want to aim for. Um, and one other thing about Michael is Michael's great to call upon in the reverie state, which is the state between sleep and state and awake because um, when you can be so vulnerable in that state and almost unable to move and wake up to save peace and mind. The more you have her call on him, the more she'll get used to helping herself at times when she feels trapped and alone in the presence of an apparition, even in that reverie state. Like, that's one thing that I wish I had learned when I was a kid, that I could actually call on him in that state of being awake and asleep where I felt like I was kind of trapped in my body and I could see everything and I could feel everything around me, but I couldn't get out. So I know it's a lot, but this is a show that's recorded. Like it, you could, It's recording now, and you can go back over it. I can also email you um, the, what I've written out 
for you so that you can reference it because it's really important for you to be able to go back and look at that and reference it and whatnot. Right. That would be wonderful. Yes. Oh, for yes. sure. And just before we close, two books I'm going to recommend to you are Communicating with the Archangel Michael for Protection. It's by Richard Webster. And Discover Your Psychotype by Cherie Dillard. It focuses particularly on the mental intuitive, I'm sorry, it focuses particularly on the mental intuitive section as well as the spiritual intuitive section because those are the two areas that Daisy um, is really sensitive in. But right. I'll, of course, email that to you as well. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> okay. It's nice to have so, some idea that there's help. Oh, of course. And you know, I I know it's never it's it's gonna almost be like for a while, it's almost gonna be like sort of a never ending battle because it's so intense for her and you just gonna have to, as you will, just follow her and work with her and stuff like that. But it's gonna get better because as long as you're teaching her to accept herself and to be strong and to embrace it and not to run from it and not to let it get the best of her and to see it as some part of her that she might want to take time to look into and do research on, she may not be happy with that and she may reject it at first, but time will pass and she'll say, you know what, my mother was right. I can't run for myself. I can't change who I am. I may as well learn more about what's going on because she's going to continue to have dreams. She's clairvoyant. You have a clairvoyant child. And like you said, it runs in your family. Um, it runs past, like, pretty far into your family, actually. And a lot of the, it's a lot of the women who have it. I don't see, let me see. I think I only see, okay, I only see one male who had it very long time ago, but it's definitely a feminine thing in your family line. Yes, totally. So I definitely practice that with her. And just just keep her, try to keep her calm about it. It's, it's nothing to be terrified of ultimately because they can't do anything to her. They only want to be heard, and unfortunately, some of them want to be heard, and they're rude, or they're not nice. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'll try so my best. I hope that helps you. <laughs> You're going to do just fine, and of course, you can always message me if you ever have any questions. Please. I, I love hearing from you. You're a very delightful person, and I love that we've been able to work with each other for the past year and that you've been able to ask me about Daisy and just feel open about it. I really, 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 really love that. So thank you so much. It's nice to not have someone think that I'm crazy, so it's good. (laughs) Well, you know what? I want to tell you this. Stay tuned because I'm actually about to read a letter from a grown woman. She's 32. She has a family. She's married. When I read this letter and when you listen to it, you're going to feel a lot less crazy because you're going to realize that you are not the only one dealing with all the spirit stuff coming in and out of your life and what's going on. And also, I can be probably your biggest reference because I stand up and I talk about this stuff as I have for my whole life and 
I even have people who've known me my whole life who think I'm crazy and making it up still to this day. So please don't <laughs> think you're crazy. Like, oh, that word, that is such a heavy judgment to place on oneself. Let alone hear it from people who don't even really know you very well or know your daughter very well. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. Daisy is going to do so well with these exercises. And just stay tuned because this letter, I think, is going to really help a lot of people. Oh, good. Thank you, Tamara, for calling in. We hope that you have been given at least, you know, the basis of some helpful information, a point or a springboard to start from, and a little bit more understanding and comfort of what's going on. And Alma has given lots of helpful information to you. And if you get stuck, she, as she said, she's available for further consultation. And, you know, God bless you and your family. And may yes. the angels be with you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Bye. Oh, we love you. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, Alma. Thank you. Okay. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Beyond the Gate Radio with uh, Alma, David, and Terrell. Now, Alma's going to read a letter, and is there something going to happen after the letter? Well, I'm going to read the letter, and it's basically just going to close the show, but I would like to actually open, before the letter, I'd like to say a few words. Um, Just a little bit of education from the research that I've done. I'm a member of the American Society for Psychical Research. That's where when I say on my post that I'm at the library or I'm going to the library, that's one of the libraries I go to because I'm a member of that library. Well, Um, how can I become a member? That sounds exciting. Awesome. It's so awesome. First of all, you have your... If you're a nerd, you can check that off. So you're a nerd, I'm a nerd, check that off. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Secondly, um, they're really great about it. You can just call them and explain to them um, that why you want to become a member, why you like it, and um, it's really, it's very, it's an easy, it's a relatively easy process, but they want to at least know why, like you kind of have to explain yourself. They don't want to just make anybody a member of the Society for Psychical Research, and they want to know that you would um, do research at the library. So even if you only went there once or twice or or looked at their online um, catalog, I'm I'm sure they would be open to talking to you. Well, I guess I qualify then because I am a researcher for a long time, and that's what I do besides my other things. So, okay, thank you. I just thought you were a nerd. David, that's why I just thought that you'd get in just because you were a nerd. It's more than that. I love it. No, she saw me eat those little candies called nerds. That's probably why. (laughs) Oh, you two are so funny. Okay, so next I will read a bit of information I pulled from the American Society for Psychical Research. It's actually the oldest psychical research organization in the United States, by the way. And this is kind of just a snippet from their website. Their mission is to explore the extraordinary or as yet unexplained phenomena that have been called psychic or paranormal. Sigmund Freud and dream researcher Montague Allman were among the many brilliant minds to to be connected to the library. And after long hours of writing and meditating and in-depth readings, I myself have become a part of this extraordinary center for research. So I'm going to read a little bit of 
what I have uncovered. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. According to the Society of Psychical Research, an afterlife encounter, or AE, is defined as any sense of being connected to or in the presence of discarnate being, of a discarnate being, an apparition or ghost, um, spontaneous or facilitated by a medium. Most afterlife encounters are visual, wherein apparitions appear ethereal, surreal, or as they did during their lives. Some of the encounters can be auditory, including hearing a voice, whistle, or cough. Others can be olfactory, which includes smelling a familiar aroma, such as a pipe, perfume, and I, I like to say flowers because I smell flowers a lot. Um, and tactile, meaning a sense of being touched or being able to touch the apparition. Because some have claimed to be able to reach out and touch the apparition for them. And a lot of the times, the person that they were able to touch was a deceased relative or, or um, someone that they knew before they, that that person passed. Uh, this is a paraphrase. This is a paraphrase excerpt from the American Society of Psychical Research. It's taken from Volume 98, Numbers 3 through 4, July 2004, page 126. Um, all encounters fall into four categories. One is the personal, which is deceased, relative, friend, pet, colleague, neighbor, or anyone familiar to the experiencer. And yes, I did say pet because yes, and cats and dogs and any other pet that anybody could possibly have is energy and they have spirits. So yes, you can see or feel the presence of an animal and they're not in the body. Uh, okay, and the spiritual figure, Jesus, God, Buddha, angel, saint. Yes, some people have had visions of Jesus or Buddha appear to them. And yes, it is real. And yes, that is possible. Uh, historical or famous figures such as Alexander the Great, Mother Teresa, Abraham Lincoln, Marilyn Monroe, or any other deceased famous person. And the fourth is an unknown, meaning the apparition is unfamiliar to the experiencer at the time of the encounter. The journal goes on to explain that AEs, uh, or afterlife encounters, usually occur during dreams, or reverie, meaning between the sleep-slash-awake state, or while preoccupied, lost in doing something. But as we also know, many AE encounters have been experienced in the awake state and not while preoccupied, meaning you can walk into a house that's haunted and maybe you're the only one in the room at the moment and you see a ghost and you're not preoccupied tying your shoes or filing your nails. You know what you see, you see what you see, and you tell everybody and they either believe you or they don't believe you, but you know you saw it. <laughs> the journal... Um, I'm sorry, the, uh, next I will read a letter written by Quantia from Cincinnati, Ohio. Her letter, in, letter includes two types of AE encounters. See if you can pick out which ones um, and listen to the details that Quantia offers as she recalls her vivid experiences. Quantia writes, When I was little, I saw and heard spirits a lot. My mom wouldn't listen to me when I told her about the things that I saw and heard. Now that I'm older, I still experience counter, encounters with spirits because I was always told that I was seeing, that what I was seeing and hearing was not real. I find myself hesitating to, my, to tell my friends and family about my experiences. I find that I block out or try to block out what I hear and see. I've always kept this quiet. I was afraid of what people might think. I thought that if my mom didn't believe me and didn't ever want to listen to me, who would? 
When I was around eight years old, I heard the spirit of a woman call my name. I was laying in bed, and everyone in the house was asleep but me. The woman's voice was soft. When she said my name, I thought it was strange because she called me Quantia. No one in my family calls me by my first full name. Everyone calls me by my nickname, which is Pootie. That's very cute. I knew that the person calling me wasn't my mom or any of my siblings, and I was too scared to answer back, so I quietly laid in my bed not knowing what to do. The next morning, I waited for my mom to get up so that I could tell her about what had happened. When I told her, she just dismissed my story as if to say, that's not what you heard. I don't know the lady who called my name, and since I was too scared to look at her, I cannot describe what she looked like, but I do know that she softly called my name several times that night. As an adult, I've had similar and more intense experiences. One example is when my husband's cousin, Thomas, passed away. He was, my husband was very sad about his cousin's death and kept saying, I hope he's okay, despite me assuring him over and over again that his cousin Thomas was absolutely fine. That night, his cousin came to me while I was awake laying in bed, and it scared me. I could see Thomas clear as day. I started to panic, and in a calm voice, Thomas, Thomas spoke to me, telling me not to be afraid. He proceeded to tell me that he wouldn't hurt me and that he needed for me to tell Marco, my husband, that he was okay, and as soon as he said this, I grew calm. By the way, Quantia also mentioned in the letter that she was able to speak to the, the, her deceased relative a couple, and ask a couple of questions, but she didn't reveal that, and we have to respect her privacy with that. She goes on to say, I have also had some mean spirits visit me. Some encounters were so terrifying that I couldn't move, talk, or scream. It took several minutes before I could do anything. When I was 15, the pastor of our church died. Before anyone was told, I had a dream about it. That night, my dream, my dream consisted of a snowy scene with my pastor standing with me and hugging me. We went, the next morning, we went to church, and my family headed for, my family headed for the basement because that's where we were throwing a party for him. I was so excited about the party that we had planned for him. I walked in looking around for him, and I, when I couldn't find our pastor, I asked the usher where he was, and she told me in a gentle voice that he had died of a heart attack in, in the night. I also noticed that when I dream of, white, of a white team filled with light or snowy or, or snow, with white light or snow, it means someone has passed away. I have to be honest that all of this and the ability to see and hear from spirits scares the crap out of me. Sometimes I don't sleep on my back because it seems like the spirits come more. I don't know if I'm making sense with that. One day I jumped up and asked God to make it stop because I didn't know how to talk about it to people. When I bring it up to people, they look at me like, this chick is crazy. Okay, I have to say that's the end of the letter. And it's so sad that the letter ends like that because it's the truth. So many people have these experiences, and then everybody's initial reaction, even people who've had these experiences say, this chick is crazy. And it's so sad because you can't sometimes even get validation from people who have the same exact stuff going on with them because they're in such denial that it's going on or they're terrified that they're out of their mind or that they're crazy. And it's just, it's so sad, and this is part of the reason, this is the biggest reason why I do this work, because it has to be known that this is not new to humanity. 
seeing spirits and, and speaking to the dead. It's not new, but somewhere in our development, it became, it came, turned into such an easy thing to label someone crazy or out of their mind or making it up or they're trying to somehow do something that, that no human being can possibly do. Quantia, you're not crazy. I want to read you a quote by a classical scholar um, by the name of Peter Kingsley. It goes, sometimes the longing for self-knowledge appears as depression, calling us away from everything we think, want, pulling us into the darkness of ourselves. The voice is so familiar that we run from it every day we can. The more powerful the call, the further we run. It has the power to make us mad, and yet it's so innocent. The voice of ourselves calling to ourselves. The strange thing is that the negativity isn't the depression. It's in the running from the depression. And what we're afraid of really isn't what we're afraid of at all. That's for you to go with because at the end of the day, you have to be okay with yourself and you have to know that the support system you keep looking for and the support system you're really, really wanting in people who don't understand you or don't want to accept what you're saying, it's not there. And the whole fact that you reached out to me and really to everybody listening who's open and able to say, hey, I had what, what Quantia has had experienced and I know what she's talking about because I go through that. You just, you just stepped into a support system. I hope you realize that now you actually have one and keep reaching out. And if you want me to connect you with other listeners and other people who write about, what, about the stuff that you mentioned in the letter, please let me know because it is not easy to be 32 years old and not have that support system and not have the time that I make myself have by going to the library. Now I have my fan page and I have really awesome listeners and really, really awesome people I've read for. It's hard living in sort of like the regular everyday world and experiencing this every night. There's some nights where if you don't have that support system and you don't feel like you feel like you're a crazy person because everyone's telling you that you're crazy. There are nights you go to sleep and you don't almost don't want to go to sleep. You don't even want to have the experiences because sometimes they scare you. You don't know what to do with them and you feel like you're about eight years old in a way without anybody to talk to about it. And that's not what we want for you, me, David, Cheryl, and anyone else listening. We want to support you and we want to show you that it's okay and you're not the only one. Very well said. Very good example. That's nice. And you know, you know, Alma. People, you know, when I was a child, people said that you know, well, back then, people think, oh, you're nuts. You know, you're seeing spirits. Come on, really? There's no such things as ghosts. Well, as I grew up, all the way up to now, in my uh, 60s, even though I sound like I'm in my 40s and I look like it, but that's another story. I've always seen spirits. And when I went in the military and worked with nuclear weapons, had a top-secret clearance, went through background checks and seen psychiatrists and all that, when I worked for the federal government, the same thing. When I, I became, uh, worked in law enforcement, which I'm retired from now, lie detector tests, psychological tests, mental, physical, all kinds of tests, you know, retired honor, honorably. So... That means I'm not the delusional person or crazy. I'm not given into psychosis or delusions or anything. 
that it still occurs all this time. So it shows that I'm a solid person, and maybe science can't prove it this way. Some people don't believe it, or at least some parts of science can't. That could be it there. So when I first start doing readings, some people say, oh, it's just telepathy, whatever. Wow, at least you believe in that. But no, it's not telepathy because it's one of the first people I read. She has a great-grandparents temperament, and she never met her grandparents, but the great-grandparents are described, for example, the grandfather worked on a farm in Ohio. He was killed on a tractor, and this is what he looks like. And he's showing me uh, military medals from World War One. I. I never met the lady. I didn't know. I told her that she didn't have it in her mind, so I couldn't pick it up through the process of telepathy at all. She had no clue about them. Only knew a little bit about her grandparents, but not her great-grandparents. Goes home, asks her parents, looks in the album, and sure enough, dead on. So that's when I knew, you know, that I was contacted later that, hey, this really is real. No, I mean, that's just one example of the many. Absolutely. So, so what you're saying, Alma, you know, I just want to give you a little bit more backup information for somebody who's done it for years that, yeah. you know, what you say is total truth. Yeah. And and it's 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 really something because when I started doing this work out in the open, like helping people, most of my friends and family didn't know what I was doing and what was going on. They couldn't even describe it, and I'm sure some of them still can't describe it. But the reason for that is because they never stopped to really just ask me and believe what I'm telling them because they always kind of just saw me in one light. And that one light was the life I felt I had to live before I started doing my work, which was go to school, get a job in, on Fifth Avenue, you know, Get, live the live that kind of life, and then that was it. But this this work has called me to do this. I've been called. This has been my calling since I don't even. I knew that this was something I was going to have to do since from day one. I just wasn't sure how I was going to get around to doing it because I did not have a support system. And now with me coming out and doing my work, I don't look for people to. To, I don't force the whole idea of wanting people to believe me. At this point, I've been so disbelieved and so doubted and so so kind of put on the back burner that if anything, it's actually fuel for me because it gives me all the space and time to just, just come up from the volcano and surprise everybody like, whoa. Like I'm already surprising a lot of people who really didn't know the depth of my work. Because of this show, there are some people who now know that I'm a member of the American Society for Psychical Research. Not a lot of people knew that, but I wasn't going around telling people that because I said, all right, fine. It's gonna, they're hard, they don't want to believe me. They find it hard to believe that what I'm saying is true and that I'm doing this work and I wish to help people and all the things I've expressed. They find it hard to believe that. Okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to show them what's going on, and that's what I'm doing. And what I want for people who don't necessarily wish to do the work that I'm doing, I wish for them to have the faith and the strength and the inner the the, the power just in their gut to believe and to know that they are not crazy. They're not making this up. That they are not delusional, that there's not something, it's not, what they're seeing, experience is not a byproduct of their childhood abuse or neglect, it's not, has nothing to do with that. It has to do with your spiritual connection to 
how long in your existence and what, and, and what depth in your existence you came to know yourself because it comes from knowing yourself. This openness, this sensitivity, it comes from knowing yourself. And be wary of people who say, I'm not sensitive. I'm not, and they, they, they kind of flat, wave that flag around of how they're not sensitive. Say, okay, and accept that. But also accept and know that those people who are hardening themselves are going to have a harder time in life to get through life because times have changed so much that now as a human family, we're relying so much on telepathy, so much more than we actually realize. Like even with Facebook, and text messaging, sometimes I talk to a few of my friends and like, sometimes, you know, I just know so-and-so is about to text me, so I turn my phone off. Well, what is that? Telepathy, that's psychic ability, that's believing and knowing that something's going to happen because you just know it's going to happen and you don't know how it's going to happen and you don't know how you know, you just know. It's, it's never going to go away. It's well, that, never going to go away and it's always going to be there. That's a very good point. Now I want to know, if I may mention one thing and ask you two things related to the subject. Yeah. I Googled, you know, the psycho research, and I found the website, and I'm, I'm going to look into that. So thank you for that information. The other two things is, I have two questions. One is, is everybody sensitive, but some people may not realize it? And the other thing is, what if somebody suspects they have a gift and they're, afraid of it or that maybe they just don't think they want to use it? To answer the first, and I believe that because we all come from one source, it's all in us. But it's a matter of where each, where the individual is on their path to accepting their connection to the divine in that, in the psychic respect. I don't know if that, does that make any sense? It sure does. Oh yeah. Okay. Because I don't for I I hear some people say so loosely, oh everybody's a little psychic. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I I can't disagree with that. But let's not just put it into one pot and boil it and serve it to everybody like that. Let's look at it carefully. What does the word this is why I'm always defining words. This is why I'm always saying to people, listen to the words that are spoken to you and know the definition of the words. And if you don't know the definition, it's okay. But don't use it or save it for when you really know you can use it properly to educate those around you and also to keep yourself in the know about what that word means. And this is, and the second question is, um, the second question you asked me, can you say that one more time? Yes. Uh, a lot of people discover that they have the gift, the abilities. You know, it doesn't have to be medium. could be medium or they know things and it keeps on happening and they're wondering what it is or maybe they're afraid of it or maybe they acknowledge it, they just don't want to use it. So what, is that okay or? Um, I think it's okay in the respect that not everybody's like ready to get out there and use what they have and, and whatnot. And not everybody's ready to get out there and, and show people that they know they're not crazy and they know they're not just making things up. But I do find in, in relation to that question and it ties in and it'll eventually answer what you're asking. I do find that a lot of people, I've run into a lot of people who don't do the right thing constantly, 
but they are so intuitive. And I'm like, that makes me so mad because they're kind of mean. They're, they're generally kind of mean and snippy with people, and they're not nice to people in general, or they do the wrong thing constantly because they're constantly fighting their intuition and fighting themselves and not wanting to be psychic on that level and intuitive on that level because it's too hard, so they choose to be rotten. That to me is, is in, in my own human opinion, on my own shoulders, just Alma, that to me is wrong. Because not only are you fighting yourself off to the point where you're harming people, but you're misusing your power to the degree that you're causing other people to doubt intuition as a whole. Because people sense that in the person and they say, well, if this person knows that this particular thing about me, why are they being so mean rotten? I've definitely run into a couple of those types, and it's really not cool. But I don't think it's wrong in the sense to hold back, but I do think it would be healthier if people were to know that they have this and they're, they're, if they're fighting it or whatever or they're afraid of it, to at least be open to the idea of educating themselves about what it is that's happening to them. Because you cannot make yourself well, you cannot cure your sickness of being scared of yourself by constantly just holding back and, and, and not educating yourself about what it is that's inside of you and that's causing you to experience certain things. And that's why I say educating yourself about yourself, getting to know yourself is the key to all of this intuition talk, the psychic talk. Meditation and prayer are key. I know prayer is such a soft word. There's got to be like a new word that has to come in for all these generations coming in that are just so done with the word prayer. But plainly, it's talking to God, meaning your God-centered God inside of you that you cannot get rid of no matter how negative and nasty you think you are. God is everywhere. You cannot get rid of God. Um, and meditation. Meditation allows you to get to know yourself. You sit and you're quiet with yourself. And it's okay to not be able to do that every single day. But it's even better to admit that and then try and make steps to make that better, even if it means your form of meditation is, for instance, like I said, to Tamara as a suggestion, singing. Some people clean for hours on end and they love it. And they're like, wow, I just feel like so good. That was a meditation for them. That, that, to me, to make the effort to not get to know yourself, to not make your life to, and yourself better, to me, in my opinion, that is wrong. And that's not healthy. Because you cripple yourself and everyone around you, and you do nothing for mankind in any positive respect when you hold back from helping yourself. That's very well said. And tonight... I just recognized something because I never, you know, tap into people really unless I need to. But there's something I want to tell you, and I'll tell you, and then you respond to it, and I'll give you the answer. I'm seeing a number three around you, and then I'll respond to that if it means anything to you. Please tell me what comes to your mind. Oh, gosh. You are three things. You are, uh, you know, a reader. You do readings. You're a researcher and you're a teacher and I see that the reading is going down a little bit the research going up a little bit and the teaching as a result of both of those experiences that that seems to be your path that you are actually to be a facilitator or a teacher 
of this field is yeah. just in your bones, and that's what I can see that it's going to get bigger for you as time goes by. Does that make sense to you? It makes 100% sense, and let me tell you I was dreading hearing that because lately I've been seeing three and 33, like, so much that I'm like, God, usually when you show me this number, you're just reminding me of my life, and unfortunately I focus on the heavy burdens and stuff that 33 reminds me of. So I'm glad that you said that because now that's just going to set my mind off into like a, a way more positive way of seeing the numbers 3 and 33. And thank you also because I actually prayed two weeks ago to God and I asked God to start like helping me to associate 33 and 3 with positive things because I'm tired of thinking such negative thoughts around that number. So you actually were the second gift and prayer answered to that, like you saying that. So I just want to thank you for listening to your, your, your intuition and your gut feeling on telling me that because I can see why if any, I can see why you even asked me if it was okay because <laughs> it's just so intense, that number, that's all. But now it's better because you said that. You could put um, a label on it and... I know. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. I, I just tell you yeah, what I see. I'm glad it's a good sign now. Like, my eyes are catching sight of my degree on my wall, and I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. Um, I just want to close by reading, actually, my response to Quantia because I think this response will help bring comfort to everyone listening, anyone listening to this show tonight who can relate to Quantia. Um, I, it's 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 about, it's not too long when I know we have to close, but I just want to say, my words to you, Quantia, are please do not feel ashamed. Do not give power to what does not know you and who does not know you, for you know yourself better than anyone, and what you truly know is to be embraced and, uh, embraced and adjusted to your own sense of self. What you have is a gift, and you have inspired many with your letter. Thank you for writing to me. Please continue to write down your paranormal experiences because you will reference them at later times at later times and they will also help you to help others in the event that an encounter with a spirit requires you to be to do a bit of necessary communicating between the living and the deceased. You cannot get rid of who you are. If you hide who you are, the struggle to recover yourself will be a long winded struggle. I know because I just came out of that long winded path came off of that long winded path. To answer your curiosity about the spirits coming through more when you lay on your back, yes, they do, partly because your energy is open and vulnerable in the same way you are when you meet someone face-to-face in person. But there is spirit life all around you at all times trying to communicate with you. This is true for everyone, but for you, I'm focusing on right now in these words. The difference is your clairaudience, clairvoyance, and clairsentience is turned up for life. Never forget that. I want you to know that regardless of the position you lay in, you will have these experiences, and now is the time to embrace them and help yourself and others to gracefully merge with the gift that God gave you. Quantia, find it to be a blessing that in the 32nd year of your life, you are able to see and feel as you did when you were a child. There are no accidents or mistakes in the way that any of us are made. I know, it's hard to, I know it's hard to have these experiences and not have, an, have had enough support, but right now, here's the start of the support system for you. You are not, quote-unquote, crazy, and as some have carelessly labeled you. 
Instead of asking God to get rid of who you are, ask God to help you embrace how you were made and to work through it and to work through you in order to help others in the afterlife and here on earth. I recommend the psychic I recommend psychic intelligence. Tune in to tune in and discover the power of your intuition. It's written by my amazing and super psychic friends, Terry and Linda Jameson. They're also known as the Psychic Twins. This book will help you to do exactly what the title says. So that's my letter to Quantia, and I just want that letter to sink in and help as many people as it can. Um, That's the end of our show, and if anybody has any questions, please feel free to write to me or to David, and we will definitely have more shows to come. If you want to write to me about something similar to what Quantia wrote about or just anything in the realm of what we spoke about today, please feel free to just send me that email or if you have my email or through Facebook messaging. And I get a lot of messages, but I will definitely see yours and I will get through, get, get to it and read it and I'll let you know if we can put it on air. But I'll help you either way. So they don't have to go to LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Google Plus, or anything, but Facebook, and it's Facebook Alma Myrtle. Yep. If they want to add my fan page, it's facebook.com backslash Alma fan page. That's A-L-M-A-F-A-N-P-A-G-E. Very good. Most been a very informative show, very interesting, and, you know, thank you for that tonight. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. Thank you to all of the listeners and the people who wrote in. Um, Thank you to Stella, Tamara, and Quantia for participating. You guys are so awesome. And thank you, David and Cheryl. You guys are angels. I I don't even think you understand how much so many people love you and respect you. And you are just amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you. And you are, too. Thank you so much. You're helping a lot of people. I love you. Love you, too. (laughs) Okay. Have you a great can't night. wait. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Can't wait for your next show, Alma. Oh, Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you everybody for listening and constantly supporting our show. This has been our Monday, November eighteenth, two thousand and thirteen, special edition of Beyond the Gate Radio. We normally air on Sundays, but today is an extra show. Thank you very much for listening. God bless. Good night, Sherelle. Good night, David. And thank you all of our listeners. We'll see you next Sunday.